Katya. And I'm Rin. And we're here at Commonwealth Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Massachusetts. And on the internet everywhere, thanks to the power of podcasts. Woohoo! Yes. All right, folks, we are getting back to our A to Z Herbs on the Shelf series. Today we're talking about Philopendula and Phoniculum. 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 You yep. betcha. Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> excited about this. Um, these are two herbs that are really important to us, so it's going to be really fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But before we jump in, let's remind you that we are not doctors. We are herbalists and holistic health educators. The ideas discussed in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. No state or federal authority licenses herbalists in the United States. So these discussions are for educational purposes only. We want to remind you that good health doesn't mean the same thing for everyone. Good health doesn't exist as an objective standard. It's influenced by your individual needs, experiences, and goals. So keep in mind that we're not attempting to present a single dogmatic right way that you should adhere to. Everyone's body is different, so the things that we're talking about may or may not apply directly to you, but we hope that they'll give you some new information to think about and some ideas to research further. Finding your way to better health is both your right and your own personal responsibility. This doesn't mean you're alone on the journey, and it doesn't mean that you're to blame for your current state of health. But it does mean that the final decision when you're considering any course of action, whether that's discussed on the internet or prescribed by a physician, is always your choice to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all right, well... Let's talk about Meadowsweet, and probably wait, wait, I should start... First, I feel like we should just do a quickie reminder, because... Oh, yeah, yeah. Where are we? What are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> because we we kind of um, inadvertently took a, a little tiny bit of a break by mistake, and, <laughs> and so um, we were starting with all the herbs that are on our shelves right now, so the herbs that um, we can't live without. Now we do mm. have some extra herbs in, in the basement, but these are the herbs that are like on our shelves right here. Ready to hand. Uh, right, right. Mm -hmm. That we're blending out of every day. And they're on the shelves in alphabetical order by Latin name. And we just decided to do this series of like materia medicas, like informal materia medica, um, just yeah, of are... all these herbs. <laughs> Yeah, these ones are, are not pre-scripted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we pretty much just say, all right, we're going to talk about Metasweet and Fennel today. And, and all uh, the things that are most important to us about them. Yeah, so like a very informal focus on them, but um, but also like the focus of the ways in which these plants are most important for us in our daily lives. Doesn't mean that there's not other awesome things about these plants, but it's mm -hmm. sort of like for, for us and our bodies. And our bodies are pretty different, so yeah. we cover like kind of a spectrum of... Yeah. applications here for sure yeah with today's pair uh i think there's definitely like a uh his and hers situation going on <laughs> um yeah. so because of that uh i should start talking about meadowsweet because this is not really my favorite herb honestly um i like it i think it's lovely but i don't say to myself ah i have to get meadowsweet in my tea today whereas i'm like every day that would be fine that would be fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah um, and that, as often, uh, comes down to the, the energetic qualities of this herb, where this one is drying and it has tonifying qualities to it. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't really need more of that. I have plenty of tension, thank you. Uh, <laughs> my body tends to run dry. I often need to work to stay hydrated. So, um, so on those levels, this plant doesn't necessarily match my system too well. However, Meadowsweet is fantastic, and I do work with it sometimes. Um, and I often recommend it to other people <laughs> uh, who have more of a watery constitution. 
I think that you probably work with it topically much more often. Mm -hmm. And that's actually completely appropriate because in that particular situation, we don't have to worry about the meta suite like twisting your guts into knots because mm. you already carry all your tension there and now mm. we are adding an astringent and and so it's just like oh even more tension yeah right but right. topically um it's really appropriate for a lot of uh sports sports injuries and stuff like that yeah yeah so i quite like to have meta suite included um as one of the ingredients in a, in a liniment or a muscle rub um because it does contain uh, salicylates or salicylic acid compounds. Um, and in Meadowsweet, they're in a form called methyl salicylate, which is rapidly absorbed through the skin and also through mucous membranes. So if we're working for uh, Meadowsweet as, as an anti-inflammatory, as a pain reliever, um, energetically as a cooling and a draining agent on that local tissue, uh, then that can be very helpful, both on like, you know, skin and wounds and, and sprains and things like this, but then also on dental uh, uh, tissues as well. Mm. Um, I've worked with Metasweet personally, uh, topically in those ways, as that as that kind of muscle rub, anti-inflammatory situation, but also um, as a component in a foot soak for like a fungal um, foot infection kind of situation, athlete's foot, you know. Um, and there, uh, the the astringing, like tonifying quality, is actually quite helpful. Um, at some stages of that kind of thing, it can get like the tissue can get spongy and swollen and all of that. So Metasweet is really good at tightening it up, but also the salicylates are directly antimicrobial um, mm. and pretty solid when you're trying to fight a fungus. Yeah. And especially when you are dealing with fungal stuff, it's super important to have like a broad spectrum of constituents. Um, so like just saying, well, black walnut can, uh, you know, I saw on the internet that black walnut will fight fungal things. So I'm just going to put on all the black walnut. Actually, fungal stuff is um, kind of like a Borg all the time. And so if you are thinking in terms of, I'm going to need a really diverse response to this, invasion um, to this pathogen, then that's actually going to give you a lot more success and mm. get you a lot further. And that doesn't necessarily mean that every single time you apply herbs, it has to be in some big complex formula. It's okay to work with individual herbs and just switch them up every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, presenting like a changing palette of uh, fungal fighting action to your, the fungal that you want to defungal, um, <laughs> is, is going to be a more successful strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, when I was uh, coping with that at the time, I was having like Meadowsweet in there and then some prickly ash for like blood movement locally. Um, uh, sometimes some oak bark for like a stronger astringency, but other times more like, um, He's, oh. he's looking at the shelf right now. Just thinking <laughs> of all the plants that, that went in there at the time. Uh, you know, you often put thyme and right. minarda, stuff, right. something, a really strong mint in there. Yeah, sometimes yarrow, but then also softer herbs too. Um, plants like go-to cola or even marshmallow, um, which do have good antimicrobial qualities. Mm -hmm. uh, it's I don't know if it's just me or, or if everyone has this mental block, but sometimes when I look at a moistening or a neutral herb, I'm like, ah, they probably can't fight microbes. And it's ridiculous because they have to for their own bodies and then they can do that for our bodies too.
Yeah. It's because we think that soft, nourishing things can't be tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Kill, kill, kill. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, in that topical regard, you were talking about dental stuff, and wow, Meadow Sweet is just so helpful. Um, I really fell in love with Meadow Sweet even more than I probably already was when I had braces, because braces just shred the inside of your cheeks. Listen, I did not have braces when I was young. I didn't. I, I had them for the first time in my forties, and. Um, I can't imagine having gone through that as a teenager and having to try to concentrate on stuff in school and whatever. It's so uncomfortable. It's so, so uncomfortable. And, and basically your cheeks are just shredded all the time because the, the brackets, okay, maybe not 100% of the time, but anytime they make a change, it takes time for your mouth to build up a callus in the new place that something is poking you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... That is when, like, I, I literally could always tell when I had something changed in my braces because I would walk around the house like a chipmunk with meadow sweet tea, like a really strong meadow sweet tea, just in my, so much of it in my mouth that it puffed my cheeks out. And, um, the house was a lot quieter during those times, I do have to say, uh, but um, you know, cause you can't walk around oh, with a, you can't walk around with a mouthful of tea and also talk. Okay. <laughs> but it was so, so effective, so soothing, um, and really helped that stuff to heal up faster. Yeah. And this isn't just about like turning off the pain, right? Uh, because Metasuite has vulnerary qualities to it. It's helping to, to heal damage. It's helping to combat infection in the, in the compromised tissue. Um, so it's a, a very excellent, um, application for it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not just braces, right? You could have a toothache and you can work with Metasweet. Uh, you can have certainly something like an abscess, you know, where there is where there is that compromised tissue, the mucosa are damaged, they're irritated, there's inflammation. Cool that down and with the astringency of the herb to knit the tissue back together. Mm. It's quite, quite helpful. Mm. Even if you're like a person who... Um, when you feel stress, you sort of bite the inside of your mouth in response to that. Um, like it doesn't really matter why you ha- you have wounds on the inside of your mouth. Whether you know it's not like Metasweet is the herb for braces. It's like, well, maybe you. Um, <laughs> my dad, my dad, you know he's like Mister Fix It. And he always is walking around with like a selection of nails in his mouth or screws, like sticking out like a toothpick, you know, but like, so that he did kind of like a person who sews, puts pins in to Mm -hmm. hold them before they, right? So my dad is just always walking around with nails hanging out of his mouth. I'm like, dad, you're going to like cut yourself or something. (laughs) And um, so whatever, you know, if you cut the inside of your mouth on a nail or a sewing pin or because you were <laughs> chewing on your cheek and you were stressed out or because you have braces or any other yeah. kind of reason, Meadowsweet is going yeah. to help that heal and also hurt less. Yeah. Yeah. And so for those purposes, we really prefer the tea a lot, you know, over because previously for topical stuff, we'd been talking about tincture. Um, but for dental activity, yeah, the tea is, the tea is much better. Mm-hmm. It's not going to have the alcohol to irritate the tissue itself, you know? Right. If you imagine a, an abscess or wound like that uh, further down the GI tract, Metasweet can still be helpful. So um, 
it's going to have an anti-inflammatory effect through the, the gastrointestinal tract when you when you swallow that tea. Um, Meadowsweet is particularly helpful for something like an ulcer uh, in the in the stomach, in particular, where it can again astringe, cool, have an anti-inflammatory effect, and, and trigger the the healing or the regeneration of healthy tissue there. And meadowsweet also has this reputation in sort of like herbal conventional wisdom or herbal common wisdom here uh, that it is particularly good for heartburn. And I believe that is is true, but that the way people say it is often misleading because you often hear people say meadowsweet is uh, an antacid herb. You'll even see that as one of its like, Mm. you know, a list of actions, right? Anti-inflammatory, cooling, draining, antacid. And that one kind of always gave me pause. Like, I don't actually want to reduce stomach acid in a lot of cases of heartburn. Nine out of ten cases uh, are going to be caused by low stomach acid rather than high. So digging into this... um, as, yeah, so, as, so you were thinking like, well, if this herb is antacid, then maybe I shouldn't work with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, as is often the case, Paul Bergner got here a couple decades before us, and <laughs> he, he has a couple of great write-ups uh, where he's commenting that uh, Meadowsweet does not contain any alkalizing components. Um, it doesn't actually reduce stomach acid production, but what it does do that helps with heartburn is to reduce inflammation and irritation and overstimulation in the stomach. And that'll do the trick. <clears throat> yeah. And so people were identifying it as an antacid, not because it actually has that action, but because it gave them the type of result that they would normally take an over-the-counter antacid for. And so they're like, oh, well, then I guess this has antacid action. Yeah. It's looking it's, for the bumper sticker, right? It's like yeah. Meadowsweet, herbal antacid, done. No, you're not yeah. done. <laughs> right. And and maybe in a lot of cases, it doesn't matter that the, the theory about why it helps is wrong. But if you're learning herbalism, if you're trying to understand this and work with these things effectively, it is important. You know, you know but as a side note there, like that is a place where we get into trouble because, you know, we have these lists of, of herbal action words and none of them used to contain the word ant or anti. Uh, well, maybe anti-catarrhal. I guess we can we can let that one in, perhaps, or anti-emetic. We can we sure, can let sure, those sure. in. Yeah. But like all of the new words: antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, anti-histamine, um, like mm, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those words are not traditional. They are new words, and we can't if we are assigning those words to an herb and saying that an herb has that action, then we always have to stop and interrogate what exactly it means. It's not wrong to say that ginger and chamomile um, are anti-inflammatory. They are. Mm-hmm. But it is it, that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing that ibuprofen is anti-inflammatory. It's, yeah. it, it is not as... It's not a one-to-one mapping. So we really, whenever we see those words applied to an herb, we always have to say, okay, exactly how am I getting that particular action? Am I getting the anti-inflammatory action because of like antioxidants or am I getting it because of vulnerary support or because of um, like moistening agents or circulatory stimulation or all different kinds of ways, whatever. Mm. Okay, just a little. Just a little sidetrack there. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, meadow sweet. Oh wait, there's more though. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. wait, there's we more. We weren't done. We weren't done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, I want to talk about Meadowsweet and Headache, but when I do this, I do not want you to think, ah, like aspirin. Please don't think that. Promise me you're not going to think that, okay? <laughs> All right, here we go. Headaches are not... It's not that they're hard to work with when you're when you're an herbalist. It's that there there is not a one size fits all headaches solution. Headaches are are all a little different. There's like all different kinds of headaches and so in order to get the right herb for it, it's really important to know what kind of headache you're dealing with. And I'm not saying that you need to have words like cluster migraine, but more like Hmm. Everything is damp and my head feels damp and my whole world feels damp and everything feels like it's encased in fog. Mm. Oh, Meadowsweet might be really appropriate there. Mm. Honestly, more because of this idea of damp inflammation than because of the salicylate content. Although the salicylate content sure is going to do some stuff on its own. They're, they're part of, but not the whole of the draining, drying, cooling effects of the plant. Right. So if, if you like if you can think about having water in your ear and how unpleasant that is and, and how you feel like really a lot of water in your ear and you feel like you are hearing the whole world through a swimming pool. Um, OK, but if you imagine a headache that feels like that, then that's just like such a really good time for Meadowsweet. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, I'm also going to put some chamomile in there because I just am. And I'm going to put some ginger in there because if I'm having that kind of headache, I need to get stuff moving also. And ginger is going to provide that moving right. action. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, like Meadowsweet has the draining kind of mm, pull the plug out of the bathtub action. But but then you could just be empty. You know mm. what I mean? Like ginger is the like, let's get this moving in a circle. Let's <laughs> let's put the fresh in while you're draining the stale out kind of a situation. Yeah. He's looking at me funny because I was just waving my arms all around to describe that. I'm like making just, circles just making in circles, the air. Yeah, I'm just trying to follow the currents, you know? Um, you know, but in that in that way, Meadowsweet has a lot of similarity to Feverfew, uh, Tanacetum Parthenium, you know? Uh, in the way of being cooling, in the way of being draining, uh, and I think the differences are that the Meadowsweet has the, the tonifying quality, but that the Feverfew is more of a relaxant to tension. Yeah. And, and, and when we have two herbs that have these seemingly opposed energetics, sometimes like your very, your, your superficial layer is to say, oh, well, don't put them together because they're going to like interfere with each other or combat each other. <laughs> sometimes that does happen. Other times it happens that the two of them kind of smooth off each other's edges and they become more broadly applicable to more types of bodies. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So, um, I think maybe one other thing to think about with Meadowsweet is if you imagine that headache, but it's in your guts, right? It's a watery, boggy discomfort because maybe you ate too many salty snacks or maybe you are like PMSing a little, or maybe you're PMSing and eating salty snacks. Like, uh, that's the thing that happens. No, <laughs> it really does, it, does it indeed? It does happen. <laughs> um, but, and so you're feeling some discomfort, maybe a little cramping, maybe it's not exactly cramping, but it's also not unpainful. Like it's a kind of pain that isn't exactly a cramp. It just hurts. And there's just all this extra fluid, 
that's also a meadow sweet situation. So mm. you think about it in your head. You can think about it in your guts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about fennel. Mm-hmm. But I think but... you should go first because this is, this is one of my absolute favorites. I drink it most days. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, fennel is kind of the opposite. It's moistening. It's warming. We're, we're comparing here to meadowsweet. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. It's kind of the opposite of meadowsweet is warming. It's moistening. Um, it has a kind of sweetness that comes along with a... Something. A, a smooth feeling. Uh, it's not exactly only sweet. It's like it's like sugar and sage together. Hmm. It's like it isn't yeah. because fennel and sage go well together, but it does have just a smidge of like some kind of not exactly all the way to pungent, just a little earthiness in the sweet. Yeah, there's some aromatic warmth. Yeah. Uh, with with a, a sweet base to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so these are all things that are really ideal for your body, especially because y'all, when Rin says that he needs to work to stay hydrated, what he really means is that, um, he should set alarms on his phone to stay hydrated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so the, the tricky part when you are working with a person like that is that, uh, they have spent a lot of their life dehydrating. That's become fairly comfortable uh things can be comfortable even when they're uncomfortable right because they are so familiar because whatever um and so he doesn't love a big slimy marshmallow root cold infusion Mm -hmm. he like that's actually quite challenging for him to to drink it's true because it's like it's like zero to a kabillion, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so I think that's part of the reason that you love fennel so much because it provides the moistening action without being so overtly slimaciously moistening that it's a turnoff to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen some uh, herbalists refer to this as a, as an atypical demulcent um, and, and putting together like fennel and fenugreek and licorice and a couple of other herbs that have this this quality where they are moistening but it's not really the same slimaceous way as marshmallow or elm or or or, or even like you know irish moss seaweed or, or something like that mm. so i've i've mostly referred to these lately as sweet demulcent herbs instead and um I, th- I feel like that helps to group them together and give you that taste cue for recognizing it um but yeah, it's true. These are <laughs> these are preferred to me. I love marshmallow. Uh, I do often include it in, in my daily formula, um, but I feel like I lean more towards the sweet demulcent yeah. group. The, the nifty thing about fennel is that uh, fennel is one that we can really agree on. Uh, yeah. You know, for a long time when he got really into drinking fennel for its demulcent activity, he suddenly started apologizing when he would put fennel in the tea. And I think that's because you were thinking about it the same way as licorice. Like to you, licorice and fennel are really similar. Really similar. Yeah. Um, But for you, there's like this hard line. They're so different to me. (laughs) But, But the reason that I feel so fantastic about fennel, even though it has demulcent qualities, is that it's got a lot of heat. It's got a lot of, like, movement in it. It's It's got that warmth 
that carminative action and my body really needs that. So um, even even though it's bringing in some moisture, it's bringing a lot of movement with yeah. that moisture. And that feels good to me. Yeah. Yeah. And on my side, I have, I have um, like hot and cold access for me is a little complicated. <laughs> it's like I've got layers in my system. Um, uh, but my digestion often does need some warmth, more for the relaxant effect that follows the warmth mm-hmm. than the like stimulation of movement to it. Um, so it's, it's not even necessarily a great idea for me to take very hot stimulating herbs like cayenne all the time, although I do spice my food pretty heavily. <laughs> um, but, uh, but an herb like fennel, uh, where it's warming and it has that great carminative quality of bringing in the warmth, bringing in the relaxation. Um, and at the same time, it has that, that soothing, smoothing, uh, sweet demulcent quality to it. That's just fantastic. So like if you are one of those kinds of people who just walks around with their guts tied in knots all of the time, Mm -hmm. like you just, you just feel like all of the tension in your whole body is in these, I don't want to say strings because that's not tensile enough. Like this paracord, you know, coming from... You've got your sinews active in here. Yeah, Yeah. coming from every part of your body and, like, joining in your gut and then, like, being twisted and twisted and twisted into a tighter and tighter bunch. Um, If you're a person who walks around like that all the time... Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, this is a place where uh, you can have an herb that it's, it's, like, core seat of action in the body is in your digestive system, but it can still serve a nervine purpose. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't even really talk about fennel as a nervine, uh, except in the context of what you just described, mm-hmm. because there like that feeling of tension can be absolutely driven by stress, by anxiety, by, by mental states. And then the thing is that you can wind it back by addressing that physical expression of it. So you can take fennel tea or, or tincture when you have that kind of tense, wrapped up gut situation, feel the release there and that will translate over to your emotional state. Well, because that's like a feedback loop, right? Like you you have a lot of tension uh, in your emotional centers and that is feeding into your gut, especially if you're this kind of person who carries tension in the gut. So now your gut is tensing up more and more, but your emotional centers are getting signals from your gut as your gut becomes tenser and tenser and your brain is like, well, that's not normal. Something's definitely wrong here. Mm -hmm. And so now you're feeling more stress and that's of course feeding into the gut and it's this total cycle. And so when you are able to relax any part of that cycle, you're breaking the feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a really important strategy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, with fennel, it, it does have a sweetness <laughs> and that can actually be helpful. Uh, if you're putting a formula together and you want to put that in, I can remember when I first started working with this herb in tea blends and being a little hesitant at first to put it together with, with certain flavors, like, uh, to put fennel and peppermint together. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> is, is this a good idea? Um, but now I'm like, yeah, this is a great idea. This is, this is a really good combination. They, they taste great together. I think it's just, if you try to imagine like fennel from pork sausage and then like mint sauce from lamb, you're kind of like, I don't know, does that, (laughs) does that really work? Uh, but trust me, it it totally does. Um, and then fennel is great with catnip. It's great with chamomile. 
Um, it's really excellent next to ginger. Uh, I feel like fennel could actually improve a lot of people's experience with turmeric, if they were to, tr to include mm -hmm. that. Uh, because turmeric is, you know, it's got the heat of ginger, but it has bitterness to it. Um, and because of that, it, it does have a, a more, a much more pronounced drying effect than ginger does. A lot of times folks hear about turmeric and they're like, ah, yeah, I'm going to get this every day. It's going to be super healthy for my inflammation. <laughs> um, but again, it has that drying quality to it. And so if that's where they were starting from, it could exacerbate that quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but if they were to do something as simple as have equal parts of turmeric and fennel in their formula, I think it would go a really long way to preventing that. And so this is looking at fennel as uh, the word is corrigent. And that's sometimes when I see people writing a definition of that, of that term, it's only about flavor, right? Corrigents are herbs that taste good and make your herbal formulas more appealing. Uh, that is totally valid and, and worthwhile and important. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, the only herbs that work are the ones that people will actually take. But corrigent can also be looked at in this energetic pattern and say, like, we have a very drying herb, we have a, a moistening herb, we put them together and we, we smooth over or we, we reduce the intensity uh, of that kind of effect. Right? I don't want to say neutralize here because we're not really trying to get to neutral mm -hmm. points almost mm -hmm. ever uh, with these kind of qualities, but, but to, to make them more applicable for more people mm -hmm. and for longer term uh, work with, with those kind of plants too. Uh, I think that one thing that maybe we haven't mentioned is the digestive aspect of fennel. Um, you were talking about sausage and there's a reason that they put fennel in sausage. Uh, and that is that it really does help when you are digesting heavier foods. Um, so like a, a fatty, meaty meal uh, having, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to only be fennel. Like we're looking for herbs that have heat and movement in them. That carminative action is going to stimulate digestion. Uh, but, but so many sausage recipes do have fennel in them and, uh, so delicious also. Yeah. And, and again, you know, it's like, it's not just because it tastes good. It's also because it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a few herbs that really are particularly good uh, at improving your capacity to digest fats. And this can be important. And we found this to be important for a number of clients who are transitioning, especially even just, just to, a, to like pr preparing more of your own food at home, being very cognizant of what fats and oils you're adding into things. For many people, that will reflect an, an increase in overall fat intake. A lot of people just aren't getting enough fat because yeah. the message... Um, you know, has, has been for so long, like, oh, all fat is bad. And that's just not accurate. It, it never actually was, but there was some media crossed wires and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, um, finding, finding herbs to improve digestion. Yeah. That's always a goal. But here specifically when we're looking at, I always have trouble with fatty meals, you know, I, uh, it just doesn't work very well. It gives me heavy feelings or it takes a long time to process or, or whatever happens. Um, then fennel I found to be really handy for that. And also sage and, and sage, I guess has some similarity. It's not sweet, but it has the warmth and the aromatics. Right. You could have mm -hmm. a whole category there. It would also have like ginger and cayenne in it as mm -hmm. well. Um, black pepper even. Yeah. Yeah. Those can help. And then, you know, burdock and centauri, um, where those are more cooling bitter herbs, but they have like 
that that liver stimulation to them. Um, and I guess what what's sort of emerging here really is that fennel, even though it's not particularly bitter, it does have a, a good what we'd call a cholagog effect of of getting the liver activated, getting the bile moving. Um, and there's there's a couple herbs like that. You know, sassafras can be like that, where it can get the bile moving, but it's not obviously bitter. Um, but it is really the exception, you know. Yeah. 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 Even I mean, sage can do it too, but sage does have a distinct bitterness to it. Yeah, especially it's, the longer you steep it, right, 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 or in tincture too, it comes comes through. Yeah, like the bitterness is kind of covered by the warmth and the saginess of it, but mm-hmm. they, but it is there for sure, mm-hmm. and and you really. Don't taste it in fennel. Yeah. Uh, and yet the action is still there. Yeah. Yeah. Fennel's a seed. Um, you can make comparisons to with fennel to cumin seed, to anise seed, um, and to other, <laughs> you know, aromatic uh, seeds like that, which often make their way into spices. Yeah. Spice uh, also mixes. caraway. That's, that Car- is yeah, that's, that's the one, one I was you for. always leave out. I always leave it out. I totally yeah. do. Yeah. I never liked rye bread. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love caraway. Yeah. Um, did you say coriander? That one falls in, the, in that category as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, and so you'll see a lot of variations on like three seed tea or digestive seed tea mm-hmm. um, with, with fennel playing a, a key role there. And so this is going to be helpful whether it is, oh, I realized that I am dried out all the time and I need to get more fat into my diet or, and so you're, you're increasing also fennel so that you're, and maybe some of these other herbs as well, so that you're digesting the fat better because it's no point eating it and then not actually also absorbing it, you know, to help you. But it's also helpful if you're like, yeah, I did just go out for pizza. I, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did go out and have a steak and cheese or whatever. And, and now I feel pretty uncomfortable, but it was delicious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to work with herbs to make that feel better. Like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really feel like fennel is a, is a particularly good one for that, like, I got glutened situation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Which is is sort of different from what you were saying with the like more fat focus, but but still like you had an allergen, you have these irritation reactions, um, and you just imagine like red raw irritated tissue. You want to soothe, you want to calm, you know, you want to help things flow and move, mm. and uh, yeah, fennel's accomplishing that through your GI tracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, so um, thanks for listening, as always. <laughs> Uh, I hope that you uh, are inspired now to go and, and do some experiments with meadow sweets or with fennel. You can put them together. You can see how they taste. You know, the, these uh, pairs that we've been doing in our A to Z series. Um, they're, been, they're only pairs because they're next to each other on the shelf. That's, that's what's <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's been fascinating to see kind of what happens when you just put two herbs next to each other and talk about them. You start to mentally cross-link and think yeah. about situations where they could help each other or they could work toward a common goal. Or like in the number of times actually that it has been two things uh, that sit next to each other and also taste good together has, mm-hmm. has been actually pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back again next time with some more holistic herbalism podcast for you until then take care of yourselves, take care of each other, mm. drink some CDT have some CDT. Yeah. And uh, 
I don't know what else to say. <laughs> no, there's another one. You always say another one after that. I do. I always have another one at the end. Uh... Well, at any rate, have a really good day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Leave it in. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>